Welcome to the Too Blessed to Be Stressed podcast, hosted by me, Carolina Sopran. I'm a holistic health and nutrition coach, a Pilates instructor with a background in science, and a master's in medical radiations. I'm your stress buster chick, chatting all things stress, helping you, the modern woman, create more balance, calmness, and health in life. I used to be just like you, running on adrenaline, stressed 24-7, and a professional perfectionist in all aspects of life. Over the last couple of months, I have wanted to create a platform for stressed, stuck, and professional women just like you, empowering and nurturing you to live your most balanced life. I have learned and come up with some amazing tools to help bring more zen into your everyday life. Enjoy. Hello, darlings, and welcome to episode 28 of the Too Blessed to Be Stressed podcast. I'm so excited about today's episode because I have such an amazing guest on the show. I have followed this gorgeous girl's work for such a long time, and I'm so honored that she said yes to appearing on the podcast. Lauren is a life and mindset coach, author, blogger, speaker, and mentor of thousands of women around the world who want to create a life above zero. Lauren holds a Bachelor of Psychology with Honours and is an international accredited neurolinguistic practitioner. Lauren started in child protection, helping families make meaningful change and address child protection concerns so family could be kept together or reunited after child protection orders have been taken. She soon realized that she wanted to empower families, especially women, with education, awareness and support to create the life they loved, filled with health, wealth, abundance, earlier in life so that they never found themselves in the situations where they were misusing substances to numb emotional pain. Lauren pivoted and started her own practice inspiring women to live a life above zero, a term contained in positive psychology field that reminds people that happiness and health are more than just the absence of unhappiness and disease. Lauren's message is that there is more to life than just surviving. There is thriving, flourishing and soaring. Lauren's passion for helping women make mindset manageable, holistic health and life liberating has inspired one of the most impressive global movements around the world, being Babes in Business and the podcast Babes Talking Business, where she empowers and mentors women who want to create a different future for themselves and their families, how they can create a life on their own terms filled with passion, purpose, health, happiness, connection and collaboration. In this episode, Lauren and I discuss the science and psychology behind manifestation, making big decisions in your life and your career, finding confidence with your life and career, and Lauren's experience in writing a book. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's a goodie. I hope you have a beautiful week and I'll catch you all soon. Hello, Lauren, and welcome to the Too Blessed to Be Stressed podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Um, So the one question that I've been asking all my guests before we get into the episode is what has been your one thing that you've learned during the pandemic and COVID-19? 
Ooh, there's been lots of things, but one in particular is learning how to surrender and just relinquish control. I think I'm such a control freak and I'm someone who's always doing and has to be achieving. And this year's just cancelled all my plans. It's cancelled my honeymoon. It's delayed projects. It's all the travels. And it's just being like, you know what? Learning, I'm just going to learn how to let go and trust and learn how to just relax and slow down a little bit. I love that. And I'm a little bit the same. Our honeymoon also got cancelled. And I think one thing that I've definitely learned is patience and flexibility, which is a little bit like yourself. I'm always looking to achieve things, always creating things. And this has just taught me to be a little bit more calm and patient with myself. And I love that we've both learned something as a result of this pandemic. I would love for you to tell the audience a little bit about yourself, what you do, what your business is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a little bit about me. I've always been passionate about holistic health, especially when it comes to mindset and mental health. And after school, I studied psychology. Um, and so I did my psychology, did my honours and ended up working in child protection because I was really looking for a career that was emotionally rewarding. And I really did enjoy that for the first couple of years. But it was heavy work and I was really struggling to keep work at work. Um, and so I started thinking about like, is this what I wanted to do for the next 50 years? Is this the impact I wanted to have? Like what did light me up? What was I passionate about? And um, I'd started a blog throughout my studies, which was all about um, helping people live a life above zero, which was a term coined by positive, in positive psychology that I'd stumbled across in my studies, which was all about like, showing people there's more to life than just settling or for mediocrity or for normality or nothing has to be wrong if you do want to engage in a coach or to invest in yourself. So it's talking about like thriving and flourishing. So I was really called to like the coaching aspect, positive psychology, strength-based practice. So I decided to um, study life coaching and then I launched my life coaching practice on the side of my child protection career. And it was a really nice balance for me. It was just a passion project at the start. I didn't really know what I wanted to create from there. I just knew that the work that I was doing throughout the day was heavy and the clients that I was working with, they weren't voluntarily wanted help to be happier and healthier. They were doing that because the court had ordered them to work with us. So it was a really nice balance to feel appreciated um, in the coaching work that I was doing with people who were coming to me because they wanted to create a life that they love. They wanted to pivot. They wanted help with their mindset. They wanted clarity on their values. They wanted to be held accountable and to be making progress and taking inspired action. So um, I started coaching five years ago now. And like I said, I didn't really have a vision for it. I just knew I, I was enjoying what I was doing. I was good at what I was doing. But then I started asking myself some bigger questions about like, what did I want to be remembered for and what was the impact I wanted to have and how did I want to show up for my friends and for my husband and for my, my family. And I was really, I felt like I was burning the candle at both ends. I was working, I don't know, eight, you, you don't just finish. It was a nine to five, but I had to commute two hours a day in my child protection job. And you don't just finish at five. If a child needs you, you could be there till six or seven o'clock at night. So I felt like by the time the weekend had come around and I was coaching on outside of those hours, my weekend was just being like, all right, I need to clean the house, do the groceries, <laughs> um, look after myself somehow before I do that whole week again. And I just was like, there's got to be more to life than this. 
Um, and that's when I actually stumbled across the network marketing profession. I didn't know too much about it. I knew there was a bit of a stigma around it. I thought you had to be pushy and salesy to do it. Um, but I'd saw some people in my industry who were passionate around holistic health, just making more of an impact than I was. They were showing up in a really beautiful way. They were educating people. They were empowering women with flexibility and freedom and financial literacy. And I started thinking about like, I guess I got shown firsthand how to do that profession really well, but also it got me thinking about like what it could actually be for me and the balance that I could have in having a career that I was passionate about, but also having more white space to be a good wife and to be there for family when I was needed rather than burning myself out. So um, yeah, I pivoted and I, for the last four years, I've been mentoring women in business and showing them how to create multiple streams of income. We have a holistic health program, which educates women on how to put themselves first and be happier and healthier. And I am a life and mindset coach with teaching women how to create a life that they love instead of settling for maybe the one they've fallen into. So it's kind of like a long story short. <laughs> I love it. And that's amazing. And I love what you said there about burnout because I had felt a little bit like that when I had left radiotherapy or while I was in radiotherapy. I just felt like I'd get to the weekend. I would work so hard during the week and I was just exhausted. I didn't have the energy for all the important things like, again, my husband, my family um, and those around me. So I think it's really important that women are educated in that because I think some of us do settle sometimes or choose the safe option. Yeah, and especially we're in a really interesting time where I think women, we've fought for these rights to like be able to work and have, like we want everything a man can do, but we've kind of shot ourselves in the foot because we've taken on these roles of I want to do everything that a man can do, but but it's also that being a homemaker predominantly still falls on us women. So we're trying to have awesome careers and we're trying to also look after kids and we're trying to be a good friend and wife and we're really trying to do it all. And it's just, it's not realistic. I think women can have it all, but you've also got to have support and have help and have good boundaries. And I think we're way too hard on ourselves trying to juggle it all. <laughs> I agree. And one of actually, now that you say that, one of my favorite saying is that you can have it all, just not at the one time. <laughs> and yeah. I think as soon as you accept that, it's just like your life is just so much easier. But one of the things I guess I was really excited to speak about is the science and psychology behind manifestation with you. Because I think when I was in the medical field, people used to laugh at me because I had this strong scientific background, but I love crystals. I believed in manifestation. So there is an actual science behind it. And I would love for you to explain that to the audience. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like, manifestation for me personally, just like this, I know it's been around for literally millions and millions of years. If you read any personal development or spiritual book, you'll see, you'll see strands of that like throughout history. But I feel like, especially in the last few years, it's become like this, it's a bit, some people think it's woo woo, but I feel like it's like this fad word. I see it here, there and everywhere. And to be honest, I didn't really know manifestation as manifestation. I know about psychology and I know about mindset and I know how our brains work but when you learn about how our brains work, it's really, it's what people are labeling today's manifestation. Um, so it's talking about, I guess, if you've got specific questions, I can talk into that, but it's, it's learning how your brain is wired in certain ways and you have most dominating beliefs and thoughts. And I guess the way that you act either brings about those things 
or you also kind of confirm you have self-serving prophecies or self you have confirmation biases where if things are happening or things aren't happening it's confirming your beliefs so it's real i've got a whole chapter of it in my book but maybe even if you want to ask specific questions around it um i can definitely delve into that for you guys yeah, well, I guess what practice do you use as someone who loves manifestation as, and has obviously created quite a brand behind it? How do you manifest things in life? For sure. So, yeah, I guess I use some different terminology. So for me, um, I'm all about making um, spirituality science. And so a big thing is goal setting. So first off, I help, and this is what I do with my private clients and women I'm mentoring business first, is you first you've got to get clarity on what it is that's important to you. Um, so working out whether what your highest values are or what like what your goal is and making sure it's not you're not just doing something or pursuing something because you feel like you should or you feel that's what society is expecting you to do or that's what you feel like everyone else is doing. So the first step is getting clarity on what your goals are and what's important to you. Um, the second step, and once you've got that clarity, it's funny because there's this thing in your brain that starts looking for opportunities. Like, I don't know if you guys, if you, if you say you want a car, you might have this car that you want and then randomly you start seeing that car everywhere. It's because your brain is always looking for things to confirm your beliefs. So that's going to help you get closer to your goals. So if you're, um, once you've got clear on your goal, your brain is going to start looking for opportunities and things that's going to get you closer to it. So it might be certain friendships and there'll be things that were happening in the background already, but because you weren't aware of it or because you hadn't made a conscious effort to focus on it, your brain was kind of, it was, it wasn't honing in on it. Cause if you look around in life, there's so much stimulus for your brain to take in and it, all it does is it's like, all right, what's helpful, what's harmful. So it scans and it only sends important stuff to your, to your brain so if previously, if you didn't have the clarity on what you were working towards or what your next goal was, your brain was kind of drowning out all the rest of the stimulus. But as soon as you've got clarity, it's going to start looking for opportunities and things that's going to help you get closer to that goal. So things that maybe have been around for a long time might be an opportunity, a relationship, um, an idea. It's going to start making those connections to help you get there sooner. So that's the first step, clarity. And then your brain starts working in the background and start helping you. Um, but then it's also about your vibe. So I don't know if you've heard like your vibe attracts your tribe and there's yeah. so many stuff about energy, but when you feel good, you do good, right? <laughs> and when you feel good, people radiate towards people that make them feel good. And it's usually people who have confidence. It's usually people, and it's, there's a difference between confidence and arrogance too. It's not like um, you walk into a room and think you're better than everyone else. It's you walk into, this, into a room and don't feel the need to compare yourself to anyone in the first place. So the first step is clarity, but the second step is really compassion and self-love. And even that sounds woo-woo, but when you really work on yourself and you come from a compassionate place, that's when you start to build confidence in yourself. And that's when you start to raise your vibe and raise your energy. So I guess the lingo around manifestation or the, the idea or concept is it is you've got to raise your vibe. So you're vibrating at the same frequencies of things that you want to attract. But if I just break it down even more simple for you from a psychology and a social, I guess, a social psychology viewpoint of it, if you're increasing your, like if you're raising your vibe and what I mean by that is you're doing things that make you feel good. Like maybe in the mornings you go for a walk or you listen to a podcast or you do a meditation or you eat a nutritious breakfast or you practice great gratitude or you spend a little bit longer being present with your kids or your husband or your dog before you go to work. 
Like you do something that makes you feel good. Automatically, when you feel good, you show up better. You have, you have clear communication. You're more compassionate to others. You're more willing to be helpful. You're, you have this sense of confidence. So you put yourself in certain situations where you might take more risks or take more opportunities. So by you raising your vibe, what happens is you consciously create scenarios which are going to, your brain's not only looking out for things that are helpful, but then opportunities are actually going to start coming to you because people are attracted to your energy. They are attracted to your confidence. They're attracted to your conviction. And so this is where you start drawing things to. So this is, I guess, the what social psychology has found as well. And likewise, you can self-sabotage this. And so I see this all the time in, um, like, I'll give you guys an example. Like, if you, let's say you, you feel really shit about yourself, like you're insecure, you tell yourself that nobody likes you um, and somebody invites you to a party and you go to this party and you don't want to go and you're like, oh, if I go, no one's going to hang out with me. Like no one's going to even talk to me. I, I don't even know why I'm going. So that's the vibe that you have before you even go to this party. You go to this party and because that's how you're feeling, unconsciously you kind of confirm, there's a confirmation bias. So you end up, confirming this like without you even intentionally doing it you start crossing your arms you sit in a corner you avoid eye contact you're non-verbal you're like slouching over so without you even meaning to the vibe that you're giving off is that you don't want to be there <laughs> you don't look approachable some people might think that you think that you're too cool for them or you're better than them so people don't approach you and this is funny because then you walk away from the party being like i was right like and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like you manifested that scenario because that was the vibe and that was the intention that you went in with. And you didn't even mean to do it intentionally, but if you'd gone in, you told yourself some better the stories and you had raised your vibe and you went there and you acted differently, you would have attracted a different scenario. People would have come to you. They would have smiled at you. You would have engaged in a conversation. So I guess that's just some bits and pieces of, I guess, the psychology and the social um, psychology behind what people perceive as woo-woo or manifestation or spirituality. Yeah, and I love what you said there about energy because I'm such a believer in that energy doesn't lie. And you know that when you say um, meet someone and you're like, oh, something just feels doesn't feel right, or something feels so right because you've met that person and it's the energy that they carry that really attracts you to that person. So I love that. Yeah. And it's this gut to, I think something that I really love talking about. And I think something that's helped me had success just in business and fulfillment in life is that gut. Like when you meet someone, you automatically, you, you read them within three seconds and it's because you're picking up on their energy and it's people call it like your intuition. And I think what's happened over the last, I don't even know, hundred or so years is we've started drowning that out. We fill up the space or noise with like podcasts or music or a TV or Netflix. Very few of us make the time to sit in silence or to meditate and really tune into our intuition, which is that energy, which is that inner knowing. And I think if you actually took the time to try to drown out all the noise, you'd be more in tune with that energy and you could, you'll really increase your ability to manifest or what I just think achieve the goals or create the reality that you want to create because you'll start actually listening and tuning into what feels aligned for you and what's your truth and what's your next, what's, what's your next inspired step. 
Yeah, definitely. And you also touched there on confidence. How do you, I guess, what are the tips that you give other women to gain better confidence within their life and create the life and the career that they desire? Yeah, there's so much into this. And I think one of the easiest things you can do is if you have a chapter of this in my book as well, but I think I got asked few years ago to actually talk to some high school kids around what confidence was and how do you what's why is it important to be confident and how do you strengthen confidence and I remember being like where do I start and I remember turning to the dictionary to try to work out what is confidence even in and it's it's the ability to rely or believe in something so if you're talking about self-confidence obviously that's your ability to believe and rely on yourself and so this starts in really small things like when you set yourself a goal Do you show up for yourself because you want to build that confidence? And it's little things like if I say I'm going to get up at 6.30 in the morning and my alarm goes off and I continuously snooze it for the rest of the week, automatically I start telling myself I can't trust myself, I can't rely on myself, and you start feeling pretty shitty about yourself. So it's really about every time you set a little goal, it's not about succeeding, but it's about giving it a go and it's not to prove it to anyone, it's to prove it to yourself that you can believe in yourself and that is what builds your self-confidence. And I think it's little things for me realizing like shitty ha- shit stuff happens to good people every single day. Like you cannot control what happens to us. I think 2020 has been a great example. Um, but what you can control is how you respond to people and how you show up. And if you know that you're always responding with kindness and you might not always win or do things amazing or be the best, but if you know that you're always giving everything a go and you're giving it your best and you know that you you always show up or if you know that you're, you've got integrity, if you say you're going to do something, you're going to, you show up and you do it, that kind of stuff is what helps you build confidence. And I think if someone's let you down or, some, or someone's done something shitty in a relationship or in business, as long as you can keep coming back to like, at the end of the day, you look at yourself in the mirror and you're proud of how you showed up and you're proud of that you gave it your all and you responded with kindness. That stuff is what instills self-confidence and that's what makes people rely on you and, and have that energy where people want to come to you and you've got this humble self-worth around you, which is really, it's a beautiful energy to have, but it's also people start gravitating more towards that as well. I love that. And I guess both you and I have spent a long time at university (laughs) and I think it's quite, you know, when you've done so much study, there's this safety net around it. You have what you were trained to do and taking that leap into something completely different, like having your own business can be quite a challenge. So what was your transition like from your background in psychology to having your own business? What did that look like for you? It was scary. <laughs> I don't think there was really any, I don't think there was any words, but for me, I really kept, like I was talking about earlier, I kept leaning into my intuition in my gut. And for me, I guess my biggest, one of my highest values or just the way my outlook on life is I want I want to be fulfilled and I want meaning and I want purpose. Like, and if you know what gives you that, it's not, at the end of the day, it's not going to be money. It's not going to be your accolades. It's going to be the experiences that you had, the work that you did. Like, do you enjoy it? And I think just asking myself those questions, I was lucky to have that self-awareness at a pretty young age. So even though I was only 20, what was I, 22 or 23 when I started my own business, 
I already knew I was just asking myself some better questions to get those reflective juices flowing. Like, am I fulfilled in this job? If can I do this for the next 50 years of my life? If I was to die tomorrow, would I be happy of how I'm showing up? Am I living my truth? Like just asking myself those questions. And I, in my heart knew that this, what I was doing wasn't it. And I didn't know what the answer was, but I just kept thinking, well, what feels good? What's, I don't need to see the whole staircase. What's, what's the next step? And like I said, for me, I started reading a lot. I knew that I was really passionate mindset. I was really good at coaching people. So I started the coaching practice that kind of led to network marketing. Um, and at the start, it was really hard because I think we live in a, this era where we are, or I don't know, my generation, our parents have told us to go to uni and get degrees but it's because they want us to have job security and stability but we live in a different era to that what they did and companies don't have that same loyalty anymore <laughs> i think a lot of people sadly have come to experience that firsthand with covid but i guess for me making that transition was hard because i didn't know what i was doing but it was also hard because i didn't have the support around me i had a lot of people being like what are you doing like you've just spent all these years studying like why aren't you working as a psychologist um, a lot of people who didn't believe in the network marketing profession being like, that's a scam. Like, or oh, when are you going to go back and get a real job? But like, you're not going to really do this forever, are you? And just same thing, just trusting myself and coming back to what feels good and what's important to me. And I know that I wanted to create something that was going to have impact. I wanted something I was passionate about. I wanted something that I would enjoy. But I also wanted something that was going to allow me to enjoy life and working nine, 10 hour days, five days a week, for the next 50 years of my life was, I, we're not here just to work. And that's not what I wanted to be 60 in a rocking chair, looking back on my life. So if I knew that then I just kept thinking, why well, I keep putting it off? Like why well, let fear cheat you out of something? Like what's the worst thing that happened? You go back and you work your nine to five again. So I guess that's what I kept coming back to. It's, um, I, I was scared. I didn't know what I was doing, but I kept leaning into my intuition, asking myself, what's the next step? And um, just coming back to what's important to me rather than taking on everybody else's opinions. Because as much as it, fam, that some, most of them were coming from a place of love, that doesn't necessarily mean they're educated or they know what's best for me. Yeah. I totally agree. And I was exactly like you. Yeah, I was so scared. Um, I guess, I had a lot of support, so I was really lucky like that. But I'm sure people that had seen me go through both of my degrees were looking at me going, what is this girl doing? <laughs> she has studied for such a long time. But I also wouldn't be able to do what I do now if I hadn't done all that study. So nothing is ever wasted. And I think sometimes people look at studying and other things as a waste of time but it's never a waste because it leads you to what you're doing now or it will teach you something it will challenge you in different ways so um, I totally agree with you with that I think it's important too but because I do think a lot of people do waste sometimes studying though because they just go and study because they feel like they should I think my advice to anyone is go if you're going to study study something because you enjoy it because I promise you if you Follow what feels good and what you actually enjoy. You're gonna be, you're gonna have more, more of, more. What's the word I'm looking for? Like more likely to have success in it because you're gonna find the fuel to be consistent and commit and have that delayed gratification because you're enjoying what you do. But if you're just going and studying because you feel like you should go do a degree after uni, but it wasn't something you enjoyed, it's not something that you feel called to. 
you're probably going to end up with a hex debt and a degree that you never used. And, and then, like you said, it's not time wasted, but I think it, don't just do something because you feel like you should and everyone else is doing it. Lean into what feels good and trust that pull in your gut. Yeah, it's all about the gut vibes, as I say. <laughs> I think the best decisions that I've ever made has been trusting my gut, even if it's been super scary. Um, I feel like it's something everyone needs to learn to tap into because your body and your mind knows what to do. You just have to tap into it. Oh, I love, I was actually chuckling to my mum about this a few weeks ago. She was up because I've always been a little shit, <laughs> not, not a little shit, but I've always, even from really young, I've been really independent and I just go and do stuff. And if I look back on my life, my mum and dad are very um, conservative and they come from a working class background. So they always just want to make sure that you're doing things in order and you're doing things with money and security behind you. And I look back on all like the all the big decisions that I've made throughout my life, like moving away from home at 18, 14 hours away from my family or um, moving to Hawaii halfway through my degree or um, yeah, starting in the network marketing profession or writing a book, like all these things. Actually, I didn't have support from my, my predominantly my dad because he didn't think they were good ideas. But when I look back, that was some of the biggest decisions that have impacted my life the most and although logically on paper, none of them made sense at the time, that's what in my heart they felt right. So it's so powerful, that intuition, that gut feeling when you learn how to really hone in and listen to it. Totally. And so the most exciting thing is that you've got a book now and I know you mentioned your book um, throughout this episode what has that experience been like for you writing the book and what challenges and rewards have come as a result of you producing the book? So I would love for you to talk about that and give some tips to people that might be thinking about writing something. For sure. I think, like you said earlier, like study isn't lost <laughs> for me. I knew I was called to study psychology, but I guess even I keep coming back to why, like, what did I do? Like it's helped me a lot with coaching and helping people with mindset, but um, it's funny. Like I feel like I was called to that area to write this book. So the book is all about psychology and empowering women with the tools to understand their mindset so it can be one of their biggest tools and it, they can use it to achieve what they want to create rather than it working against them. So I kind of condense everything I learned in the psychology degree and put it in layman terms so it's easy to digest with personal stories throughout. So you can laugh and you can cry with me as I go along the journey. But um, yeah, I, I guess that's, that's the psychology. Like that's, I end up using the degree and it was for that book. And I think one of the biggest payoffs is I feel like I'm, I've done what I was meant to do. And this might sound woo-woo, but I never intended to write a book. It's not like I was like, I want to write a book one day. I was at a conference in Vegas a few years ago and this download just came through me. And I don't know where it came from, <laughs> but I knew exactly the 17 chapters that were in the book. I knew um, what science or what studies would go in, slot into each one and what theories would go into where. And like it was this eagling at me. Like I did this, I did it. And it's like every day since that day, I was like, oh, you've got to write this book. You've got to get it out. Like you have to help women with this. And especially I'm thinking, I'm seeing firsthand the mental health epidemic we're in. And I just didn't see many resources out there. Like having conversations around happiness and mental health in a holistic and preventative way. Like there's a lot of resources once you're engaged with a psychologist. 
psychologist or once you're feeling depressed and we know the stats and we know like it's out there, but how do we help more women understand what's going to make them happier and how to prioritize that? And, um, yeah, so I just felt like it was something I had to do and it, (laughs) I kept putting it down and being like, yeah, I'll get around to it. And I parked it for six months and I just, it was just niggling at me. It was like, it wasn't going to go away. So I, every Wednesday for 17 weeks, I kind of wrote one chapter every Wednesday and then I sat on it again and then niggling didn't go away. So I submitted it to an editor and then, yeah, I guess it was a three year journey in writing it, editing it, editing it, editing it and um, getting a publishing deal. But I think the biggest payoff is just knowing that I've been able to really condense everything I've personally learned in psychology and, and put it in a resource that can help people um, and I feel like I've just, it's like there's something that's like on a to-do list and you just can't finish it. I just have this inner peace knowing that I feel like it's what I was here to do. And I was courageous enough to commit to it and see it out. And just the beautiful like, messages I wake up to every day on Instagram or Facebook with women sharing with me, like what they're taking away from it or how it's helping them. Like that's a beautiful gift within itself. Yeah. And I agree with you. I recently, I haven't published a book. It's on my to-do list, Um, but I published a journal and that was so much work and people always see the final product, but you work on it for so long and you hit roadblocks and then you have to sort of sit on it, like exactly what you said, sit on it for a little bit and then pick it up again and just show up and work on it time and time again. And it will eventually happen. But I think sometimes women get stuck because they're just not seeing it happen quickly enough yeah yeah it was a three-year journey people see this really pretty book and they're like oh like when did that happen and like oh my gosh I'm like I'm so glad you're seeing it now because I feel like it's old news like I wrote this three years ago (laughs) Um, but yeah there's it's been such a journey and every like there's so many hiccups along the on along the way there was rejection there was books getting stuck over in China because of COVID Flights got cancelled, so I couldn't see the publisher. Um, like honestly, there was I could I could go on and on about all the things that went wrong with it, but that's just part of the journey. And yeah, I think if more women were having more open conversations around business and what that actually looks like, I think we'd have more women persevering in their businesses because it isn't easy and it doesn't go to plan. You've got to keep aligning with your why and your mission, and just have more fun and don't take yourself so seriously. I totally agree. So where can people find you, Lauren? Um, Where do you usually virtually hang out, as I like to say? (laughs) I'm always on Instagram. Um, So the best way to probably contact me is via there, uh, life underscore above underscore zero. Um, Otherwise, just my website. You can find um, all the different resources and programs and book on there, which is www.lifeabovezero.com.au. And um, yeah, there's, if you have any questions, you can shoot them through there. And I'm always happy to help and chat to ladies. Awesome. And I'll make sure I put your website and your Instagram link on into the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. You are one gorgeous lady, so inspirational. I've really appreciated your time. So thank you. Thanks for having me. That was fun. All right. Take care, lovely. Bye. Bye. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you have loved and enjoyed today's podcast, then please share it with your friends and family. If you have any comments or would like to reach out, you can find me on Instagram at Knowing Her Wellness. See you soon for the next episode of Too Blessed to Be Stressed.